Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Genesis 27. And so he went out, verse 14, and he got them, and he brought them to his mother. His mother made a savory, savory food, such as his father loved, and Rebekah took the best garments of Esau. She went into the closet, man, found the Sabbath suit uh, of Esau, her elder son, which were uh, with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. She put the skins of the kids, I'm assuming the ones that were part of the meal, on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she also gave the savory fruit and the bread which she had made to her son Jacob. Now, mom is busy, man. She found a costume for him, put it together. She made the meal. She said, let's come in here. We'll dress you up. We'll spritz a little uh, hunter's cologne on you, right? It's all happening right now. And so uh, Jacob is ready now. He's got the, the food. He's going to act like he's his brother Esau and you know, many writers have said the whole family acted shamefully here. So there's, there's really no good characters in it. But ultimately, remember, God is sovereign over the tent. So then he came to his father, verse 18, and he said, My father, and he said, Here I am. He said, Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, Lie number one, if you're taking notes, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please sit and eat of my game that you may bless me. Being brothers, their voices probably sounded similar, but still dad had, you know, you can tell, right? Sometimes we try to fool my wife. We'll be on the phone uh, in the car, and I'll, and I'll tell one of my sons, act like you're me. My wife is never fooled. Their voices sound similar, but somehow she just knows, right? So anyway, she always sees through our little schemes. But anyway, he said, um, he said, oh, I'm Esau, and Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have, have it so quickly, my son? <laughs> this is the beginning of fast food. This is awesome, but, but I would like to know, how did this happen so quick? You, you, you went on the hunt, you killed these things, you prepared everything, man, you're fast. And he said, lie number two, because, oh, watch out when you do this, because the Lord, your God. Notice how Jacob, uh, acting as Esau, calls the Lord Isaac's God. He says, the Lord, your God, caused it to happen to me. Hey, Dad, here's why, just in case you wanted to know how presto magnifico or whatever you want to say, the food came so quick. I just made up a Latin word, I think. Anyway, here's why God is in this whole thing. Uh-oh. That sounds a little bit blasphemous. You know, sometimes when we're up to no good and then we, we try to pin it on the Lord, you know, I, I think the Lord uh, will be careful with that. And Isaac said to Jacob, one writer said, the Lord, <laughs> uh, Jacob here made the Lord his accomplice. Ouch. And Isaac said to Jacob, please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. Now, can you see the beads of sweat starting to come down on Jacob? He's already got the suit on, right? <laughs> He's already got all the hair on. And now dad says, come close, my son. He's like, oh. <laughs> okay. Get a breath mint really quick. I want to see whether you're really Esau, my son, or not. So Jacob came close to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother. Man, <laughs> Esau must have been a hairy dude. 
like his brother Esau's hand, so he, what? He blessed him, but notice there's still some hesitation. He said, are you really my son Esau? And he said, line number three, I am. One final lie, I am. So he said, bring it to me, and I will eat of my son's game, that I may bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate. He also brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him. And when he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him, and he said, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Isn't it interesting? Jacob betrayed his father with a kiss. Doesn't that sound familiar? There was another man who betrayed somebody else with a kiss. Now, the blessing, may God give you the dew of heaven. Now, dad goes into action. Here he's going to give the formal blessing, calling upon, invoking the blessing of the Lord. May God give you the dew of heaven. Uh, Three kind of uh, parts of this blessing. The dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, the abundance of grain and new wine are all part of what would be a prayer for material abundance. Um, You could write down Deuteronomy 33.13. Listen to Psalm 133, verse 3. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forever. Hosea 14, verse 5 says, I will be like the dew to Israel. Hosea 14, 5. He will blossom like the lily. He will take root like the cedars of Lebanon. So much of the scriptures has this picture of dew being the blessing of material prosperity. Second blessing, many may people serve you. Nations bow down to you, verse 29. Be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons, grandsons too, I would imagine, bow down to you. But then he says, cursed be those who what? Who curse you. This is a reiteration of what was uh, said to Abraham in Genesis 12. And blessed be those who bless you. May people serve you. Second part of the blessing. May you have dominion. Here it is. May you get material abundance from the hand of the Lord. May you have um, uh, prosperity in terms of leading people. May you have dominion over other peoples. May they bow down to you is the second part of the prayer. And he says, now it came about, verse 30, as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. The third part of the blessing is, of course, uh, may, uh, may God give blessing to those who bless you and curse those who curse you. The third part of the blessing is protection from God, protection from God. Now it came about, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, Jacob had hardly gone out of the room that his brother came in. He's like, let me get this stuff off, put it in the fireplace, right? Just barely snuck by. And now the bombshell is about to fall on the tent of Isaac. He also made savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat his son's game that you may bless me. And Isaac, his father said to him, who are you? And he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. And dad was like, wait a minute, hold on, you're who? Dad was like, I'm full, man. (laughs) I just had a great meal. You you want what? You you brought what? Who are you again? He said, "I'm, I'm your son, I'm your firstborn. And Isaac, Bible students, Christians, mark this, Isaac trembled violently. 
Isaac's response was one of fear, violent trembling. I ask you, just, just park here for a second. Why do you think Isaac was trembling? You know, there's an old hymn that says, sometimes it just makes me tremble. And I think all of a sudden, Isaac had a realization. Have you ever had a moment in your life where circumstantially things were going on and maybe you were manipulating some things and you were even sounding spiritual about it and all of a sudden you were confronted with the reality that God had superseded your manipulation and you went, oh, apparently God is involved in the small details of life and things that happen with intense because all of a sudden, I've realized something. God has intervened here, and he's even somehow used, not that this is to any credit of anybody here, used the manipulation within this family. And he said, well, who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me so that I ate of it before you came and blessed him? Yes, what does he say? And he shall be blessed. Oh, Dad, you already know because you already were asking you said, the voice sounds like who? Jacob. Do you think in his heart of hearts, dad had like a little suspicion? Maybe. At least he had some questions. And now, oh, dad knows. He knows. And he's trembling violently. He says, he's going to be blessed. You see, this trembling wasn't just about, oops, I got duped. I think this was about the recognition that God had interceded and kept his word. The older will serve the younger. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it makes me tremble. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? Where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, listen to this, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and him or he who trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. And Isaac was trembling. And Isaac said, look, you could put it this way, for 137 years I've been fighting God. For a long time, I've been trying to find a way to give you the blessing, but I've been fighting the will of God. Some 137 years, I'm going to ask you, how long have you been fighting the will of God? Have you had a moment like this where even when you tried to work it out, God still superseded those plans and said to you, listen, my will is going to be done. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven, whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Look, I blessed him and he's going to be blessed because this is God's will. Do you know it is God's will to bless you? God is not against you tonight. He's for you. You are his chosen. You are his beloved people. He wants to bless you, not curse you. Bless you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4 to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled. It will not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. This is verse five, who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. First Peter 1, 3 through 5. 
Now, when Esau heard the words, verse 34, of his father, he cried out with an exceeding great and bitter cry. I'm sure it was heard all over the land. And he said to his father, bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, your brother, that brother of yours, he came deceitfully. He's taken away your blessing. Can you hear Esau scream? Then he said, is he not right, rightly named Jacob? He's a, he's, a, he's a deceiver. He's a heel catcher. That brother. <laughs> For he has supplanted me. That means he's cheated or deceived me these two times. He took away my birthright. No, Esau, actually, you gave it away. You gave it away for a, a, a bowl of soup. It might have been a hungry man's or hearty man's. It might have looked good, but still, come on, really? And behold, now he's taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? You see, Esau had to take ownership of his own uh, actions here. He was culpable. But Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master, and all his relatives I have given to him as servants. And with grain and new wine, this is the essence of the blessing, I have sustained him. Now as for you then, you might want to say this as a Jewish person, person what can I do? <laughs> what can I do, my son? I don't know. There's nothing left. I, I gave him the blessing. He's got the blessing. And Esau is not happy. But there's been a change in Isaac, and I think Isaac has said, you know what? God's will be done. He's accepted God's sovereign plan instead of resisting it. And Esau said to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, my father. So Esau lifted up his voice, and he wept. I don't know how long he cried. I mean, this is a man's man right here. Esau, he was tough, but he's weeping. Now, everybody turn to Hebrews chapter 12, all the way towards the back of your New Testament. And I ask you, do you think the tears, well, let's, let's just say, the tears are real, but what's behind the tears? Have you ever seen someone cry crocodile tears? You ever seen someone crying and you're like, man, that's, those tears are about as empty as empty can be. I think they're probably more like bubbles. <laughs> they're going to fly away. You ever seen someone try to make a public apology and try to act like they were sad? <laughs> You're like, oh man, that's phony. Are you impressed by those people who can cry on demand? <laughs> the tear starts coming. Those people really worry me, actually. Oh, Esau's tears, I don't doubt that they're real tears. But here's what the Bible says, and this is what we need to learn from. Hebrews 12, 15. Here's the warning. See to it, 12, 15, Hebrews, that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal, for you know that even afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, that's chapter 27, Genesis, he was rejected for he found no place for what? Repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Esau had a moment of realization, but not a moment of repentance. And there's a difference. You can have moments of realization without moments of repentance. 
Do you know the difference? Here's the realization. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. I lost the blessing. Instead of repentance should have been, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. I've been distracted. I've married Canaanite women. I gave away my birthright for a bowl of soup. I'm a godless man. I'm an immoral man. And I need to get right with you. Oh, no. All he was worried about is what he lost, not what God was actually trying to say to him. There's a difference, brothers and sisters. It's possible to have a pseudo-sadness, but it's only for what you lost in the deal, not for what God is trying to actually say. And we're warned in this section not to be like him. You know, when something comes our way and God makes us tremble, he does it so that we might take a look at our own hearts and say, Lord, I want to live the way you want me to live. Back to one chapter to Hebrews 11. Yet Isaac is honored in Hebrews 11, the great hall of faith, verse uh, 20. And my Bible is actually ripped right at that place. Can you believe that? When he was dying, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau even regarding things what does the Bible say there? Of the future, not yet seen. Isaac's honored for giving the blessing, but I think this is the context. Once he's come to the realization that he was supposed to bless Jacob and not Esau, that's where his faith is honored, not for all the other convoluted stuff. Back to Genesis 27 and we'll finish. Genesis 27. So what does Isaac have to say to Esau? Here's how he shares What's going to happen with him? Verse 39, Genesis 27. Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, to Esau, Behold, 27, 39, Away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. Away from the dew of heaven, the opposite of the blessings of Jacob, the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and your brother you shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. And so the special status of Jacob, who will be renamed Israel, was his alone. And uh, Esau, from which the Edomites spring, the Edomites ended up becoming servants in King David's household. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 8. And the Edomites served Israel, and Edom served Israel. And that's the essence, Bible students, of Romans chapter 9. The controversial chapter about Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated, is all about these two nations. It's really not necessarily a chapter about salvation as much as it is about the nation of Israel and God's sovereign choice of the nation. Everybody with me? That's how this all fits together, and it all ties back to these chapters in the book of Genesis. So Esau, this is not hard to figure out, bore a grudge against Jacob, because of the blessing, verse 41, with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning my father are near. He thought he was going to die too. Then, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Esau held a grudge. That's what Hebrews 12 says. A root of bitterness was in his heart and it stumbled many people, including himself. And when a root of bitterness gets in our heart, it springs up just like a, a tree and it has many branches. And that's why we need to deal with the root of bitterness, not just cut off the top. And so, now when the words of the elder son Esau were reported to Rebecca, she seems to hear everything. 
She sent and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. That's how he's going to make himself feel better. He wants to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise and flee to Haran. Just, you might want to write in your Bible. That's Mesopotamia, a long way away, to my brother Laban. Here's the famous Uncle Laban. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides. Right in your margin next to verse 44, it wasn't a few days. Jacob was there for 20 years. And get this, he probably never saw his mother again. Wow. We think, oh, well, she got away with it, right? Maybe she was even thinking, I'm doing this for high spiritual reasons. And it is quite possible, even probable, she never saw him again. And the conniver got connived by Uncle Laban, remember? Oh, we're going to see the story Uncle Laban does to Jacob what Jacob did to Esau. Because whatever we sow, we... Yep, we reap it. Until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him and ultimately there will be a healing between these two brothers. And I shall send and get you from there. Why should I be bereaved of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth like these from the daughters of the land, what good will life, my life be to me? I think this is her excuse for sending Jacob away. Let's go get him away from the family. And so uh, I think that's how these link together. And uh, I want to take you to 2 Timothy 2. I'm going to ask Pastor Chris to come up. 2 Timothy 2, verse 10, and we're done. We're going to read a couple hopeful verses about God's sovereignty, and we're done for tonight. I'm just going to ask you what lessons have jumped off the page for you tonight what things do you want to learn? What adjustments do you need to make? What hope can you find in the overarching sovereignty of God? 2 Timothy 2.10. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. 2 Timothy 2.10. That they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with it and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement. statement. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, we'd expect to see something opposite here, but notice what we get. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Father, in Genesis 27, we see that you are faithful. Faithful to the end. Faithful even to work together for good, a mess like this that happened in the tent of Isaac. You are good. Your loving kindness endures forever. Thank you that you have uh, chosen to direct that loving kindness towards us who belong to you tonight. And those who are here tonight who are listening, maybe as unbelievers, maybe as those who are sitting on the fence, that your love has been directed to them as well, and they need to make a decision to follow you. And if that's you tonight, it's something very simple. Lord, I repent Pray it right now if it's you. I turn my life over to you. I will serve you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe he rose from the dead. I trust in you and you alone for my salvation. Save me. Change me from the inside out. Change my life. Change my family. Change my attitudes, the way I live. And Lord, I just want to praise you for this precious church. 
that serves you and shines the light and is out winning souls and telling the story of your glory, that you are the beginner and you are the sustainer and you will conclude the times. You are the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph Tav, the one who started it and the one who will finish it. And the Bible tells us that he who began a good work in us will complete it till the day of Christ. Amen. And the commentary from the writer of Hebrews is that Esau was really a man of the flesh and he let the flesh dominate him. And when you see somebody like that, who somebody, let's say, that's in the Christian community, they're a professing Christian, and yet they continue to compromise and get dominated by the flesh, it does grieve. I, it, it grieves the shepherd, uh, the ultimate shepherd, Christ. But it also can be grievous to parents and friends, right? Because you watch somebody make poor decisions go contrary to the word of God and then pay the consequences. I'm sure you've experienced that as a pastor where families, they start off young, they bring their children to church, to Sunday school and youth ministry and so on. And when they think they become of age or they've gone to college or, you know, past high school, they decide they want to do their own thing. And what does, what do the parents come to you with? They come to you with grief that yes. they've done all that they can or thought they could or tried to encourage their children in, in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for those of you who do have prodigals out there, you know, our hearts are with you because we know that that happens quite a bit. And of course, we pray that they'll come back home and come back to their senses and come to back to their roots. Oscar, this leads us into chapter 27, and we know what happens here. Uh, the conniver, Jacob, but really with a conniving mom as well. Mm. Rebecca is, is behind a lot of what happens here, um, is going to steal the blessing from his brother. And he's going to dress up in and try to smell like and look like Esau or at least feel like him because uh, dad can't see well at this point. And he, he's able to, to do this. He's able to, uh, by means of deception, garner the blessing for himself, but not without some major fallout. One of the things is that Esau wants to kill him, right? Yeah. At the end of this. Well, we already have a divided house. Both parents have already chosen a son in whom they think should have the birthright or blessing by God. And yes. so, you know, how can the house survive when it's divided as such? Some people might ask the question, Oscar, okay, you have this conniving guy named Jacob, but yet he's chosen by God. Jacob have I, have I loved. Esau have I hated in Romans 9, even though we, we believe that speaks of the nations. But God had already made a choice uh, to bless Jacob. But but not necessarily because Jacob's is this great man of integrity, correct? Correct. I mean, so on what basis did, does God choose? Some people might say, well, how does, how does uh, Jacob end up getting the blessing even though he connives his way into it? I think you're <laughs> going to get to predestination here. But it also ended up, we started the chapter with discussing is the poor choices that Esau was making for his own self. And if God gave him those blessings, would he still be a good representative of God? Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.